Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gary Wins Bet Vegas Podcast. I am your host, Gary Green, longtime sports handicapper and professional sports better here in Las Vegas for the past 32 years. And for the next 30 minutes, I will give you a boatload of information on this weekend's football games, college football, and then the NFL for week number nine. And we'll do it all from a betting perspective. And hopefully we will help you be a little more prepared before you make any of your weekend wagers. I'm basically like your cheat sheet. I did all the homework so that you don't have to. So grab a pen and paper and take some notes and uh, we'll ride you through some college through some NFL, and we will completely preview the big daddy of them all this weekend, the college football game between number one Clemson and number four Notre Dame in South Bend on Saturday afternoon. First, we uh, like to just tell you a little bit about ourselves very quickly. You can check out our website at GaryWins.com or BlueBookSports.com. I am the publisher of the Blue Book football sports betting magazine it's a weekly magazine each and every week during the football season and if you go to our website at garywins.com you can get the entire football betting magazine absolutely free it's an easy download file you can print the pages you want or you can print the entire magazine out it's a ten dollar value each and every week and it's all absolutely free what i'll try to do is go over some different segments of college football and the nfl And uh, the most important things I think you should be looking if you want to be a winning handicapper, if you want to do it on your own, hopefully I can help you out. If you do need some help and you want to win with a longtime proven professional uh, gambler here in Las Vegas, I've been winning for 32 years and uh, hopefully we'll continue to do so. We had another great week last week and uh, I'll update my record a little bit later in the show. But I always like to start off with one of my favorite segments and that segment I call Gary Green stock up, stock down teams. And first, we'll go to college football. My stock up teams, one team that I've won a lot of money this year, the Cincinnati Bearcats. To me, this is a team still flying under the radar. You always hear the big name schools, but Cincinnati has probably the most underrated defense in all of college football. And uh, right now, the way this is uh, shaping up, folks, this is a team you're going to hear a lot about. They basically have one more big game at Central Florida. If they win that game, I for sure almost, unless of key injuries, this team will go undefeated and they will make it to the college football playoff here in 2020. Another stock up team is another under the radar team, Coastal Carolina, a team nobody even ever mentions. They're 6-0, and this is a team that is just sneaky good. I like the chemistry on this team most of all, but they do have some very nice talent, and this is a team, even though they're way off the radar, you might be able to make some money on in the upcoming weeks. My two stock-down teams are two prominent programs. Penn State 0-2. It's been a disastrous start for them, and I'm just not sure if they're going to even recover They had some very talented players opt out. That happened to a lot of teams, Uh, Oregon being one of them. And uh, I'll talk a little bit more about the Pac-12 later in the show. Uh, But Penn State, just a disastrous first two weeks, 0-2. And and, uh, I would not be looking to bet on them right now. The other big-name team is LSU, the Tigers, the national champs last year. 
Uh, they're almost on the ropes already. They're two and three. Uh, just to, everything has gone wrong, and uh, they had some injuries at the quarterback now. Uh, just to add uh, insult to injury, I guess you could say. So they're teams that I would not be wanting to look at bet on. And I always give a little extra team what I call stock crashed. And I'm a little surprised at this one, but the Minnesota Golden Gophers 0-2. Their stock in the beginning of the year looked like they uh, could be a sleeper. They're not. They cannot play defense, and uh, they're in a world of hurt. And I would not be looking to bet on them anytime soon. In the NFL, I have a couple of stock-up teams, and the first one is the Cincinnati Bengals. I really like Joe Burrow, but I love this Bengals team fight. They don't have all the great talent. But right now, this team does not give up. Burrow has multiple 300-yard passing games. Yes, he's going to make mistakes. In fact, he has one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. He's getting sacked a ton, but this kid is definitely proving he was well worthy of the number one pick, and the future is bright for the Cincinnati Bengals. And they're going to come up and sneak up and hit another team like they did Tennessee last week. They're going to do that down the road. So uh, you might get some good value on the Bengals each and every week the rest of the season. Second team that I have a stock up in the NFL is the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, we look at the Vikings. They have a very a poor start. But this is their schedule the next five weeks. Detroit, Chicago, Dallas, Carolina, and Jacksonville. And folks, they can play their way right back into this thing with a good run here in the next five weeks. And all five of those games are winnable for the Minnesota Vikings. Even though their secondary is weak, they have enough talent on the offensive side of the ball to win shootouts. So I have them in at number two in my Indianapolis Colts team. 3-0 at home this year. Uh, their road is going to get a little tougher. We're going to find out if the Indianapolis Colts are a contender, serious, or just a pretender in these next four weeks because they take on the Ravens this week, then Tennessee, then Green Bay, then Tennessee again. Four straight tough games, but so far, Phillip Rivers has settled in quickly, and the Colts, barring injury on that defense, they're looking pretty good. My stock down teams are the New England Patriots. I have not been a big Cam Newton fan for uh, many years. He did have that one big season, a couple of decent ones maybe back-to-back with Carolina, but last year, he lost his last eight games with Carolina, and now this team's 2-5. and five. He's 2-13. and 13. In his last 15 starts, he's a sham. They're not getting any better. They're now on life support. And another one that they're very lucky to buy came at the proper week for them, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, this team needed to uh, buy. They need to get a, a reload. Perfect time to get a week rest. Uh, again, I'm not sure the future of this team. There's some talent there, but they did have a brand new coach. They lost Odell Beckham. They would not be a team I would be looking to bet on here when they come back from the buy. And the two teams that everybody knows, but the stock crashed for the Jets probably before the season even started. And the Dallas Cowboys folks, they're not getting any better anytime soon. They're on their fourth and fifth quarterback this week, whoever they decide. The offensive line is a complete, utter disaster. They have really gotten killed by the uh, injury bug. And of course, when you lose Dak Prescott, uh, you're going way, way down. And uh, this is just going to be a long, bad season for the Dallas Cowboys, even in a terrible NFC East. And the one note in the NFL, I'll just put this in the still not sold category. I talk about different teams uh, that I was not sold on in a couple weeks back. 
I was not sold on New England and it came to fruition, but I'm not sold on the Bears or their quarterback, Nick Foles. So uh, that's where we stand with their stock up, stock down. My bottom five NFL teams, number five, the New England Patriots, number four, the Jacksonville Jaguars, number three, the New York Giants, number two, Dallas, and dead last, and on the clock were the first pick in the NFL draft next year, the New York Jets. A couple of notes of total domination for some games this weekend. And first, we'll start off for Saturday, November 7th in college football, Penn State. This is the team that's 0-2, and we're going to really see what their psyche is because they beat Maryland last year 59-0. They beat them 38-3 two years ago, and they beat them 66-3 three years ago. So they've outscored Maryland 163-6 in the last three years combined. And uh, Maryland came up and bit Minnesota as a three-touchdown underdog, beat them straight up in a high-scoring game. And uh, I'm interested to see what this Penn State does in this ball game. They're a 25-point favorite. I would not touch them with a 10-foot pole right now after the way they played the first two weeks. Oklahoma as a team, we all know, has always been a high-scoring team. But when they have faced Kansas, they have showed no mercy, folks. In the last five meetings, the last five years, they have put up 45, 55, 41, 56, and 62 points. And, uh, heck, they've already got a loss on their schedule so far this year in, in uh, big, uh, tw- big 12 play. So I wouldn't be surprised if they throw 60 on Kansas here once again. An interesting one here is Washington State. Their offense in the last three meetings versus Oregon State, they scored 54, 56, and 52. And, of course, they do have a brand-new head coach in Rolovich. And uh, this is the first week of play in Pac-12 play this week to start off the 2020 campaign. They're the last conference to kick off. And I think Washington State will score some points. uh, But I also think Oregon State should score some big points, too. So they may get into one of those more fun, exciting, high-scoring games here on Saturday. Next, we have San Diego State. And uh, this is a team that has totally relied on their defense But going against San Jose State and their offense in the last five years, the last five meetings, San Diego State has held San Jose State's offense to 17, 13, 7, 3, and 7 points. So they have totally been able to dominate there. And uh, this is a team that has a great defense once again. In the NFL for week number nine on Sunday, November 8th, The Minnesota Vikings surprisingly have dominated the Detroit Lions, a team in their own division. They have won all five games, the last five meetings, by a touchdown or more. Houston, their last four meetings versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars only scored three points, 12 points, three and three. And then, of course, you had Houston and the Jaguars this year playing already, and I'll get to that a little bit later in the show, but the uh, Jaguars did score more than that low amount, but for whatever reason, they just have come up flat against Houston, and now they will be playing a young quarterback in his first start. The New England Patriots, they have had wins over the New York Jets in the last five years by 33 points, 16, 35, 14, and 20, and boy, would they love to be able to finally 
put some big points on the board again and uh, kind of try to turn the tide because the six the ship is sinking for the New England Patriots. Just a quick note about this Pac-12, and I'm a big UCLA fan. The Pac-12 is my favorite conference. I've, I've probably won more money betting the Pac-12 over my 32-year career than any other conference. But the Pac-12 has only four teams returning the exact same offense and defensive coordinator. So no matter what the team is, what the spread is in this week one game, there was no real practice like they had these last years because of COVID. But the four teams that did return an offensive and defensive coordinator will have a little bit easier go here, I think, to start off. Those four teams are Oregon State, Stanford, UCLA, and Utah. There are two new head coaches, as I mentioned, uh, for Washington State, Nick Rolovich, and for Colorado, Carl Durrell. Keynote to take into consideration here, Oregon their offensive line, they lost their top six offensive linemen. One of them is likely to be either probably the third or fourth pick in the NFL draft. That's how good he was. And uh, there are five new starters that will start tomorrow, have a combined one start between them. So it's going to be a, a little uh, a little while before they get uh, some cohesion but the good news for Oregon that I do like about this team still, even though they lost three guys who will surely be picked in the first two rounds as they opted out due to COVID, but I think that the uh, offensive coordinator hire of Joe Moorhead, he had left and took the job at Penn State, and he didn't do too well there. But this guy is a very good offensive mind. Oregon's offense should be okay if they can get this offensive line going. And uh, that's just a couple of Pac-12 betting nuggets for you on this show. Some other interesting betting nuggets in college football. Illinois' defense is allowing the opposing quarterback in their first couple of games to complete 88% of their passes. That's almost hard to do. By luck, opposing quarterbacks will miss open receivers and end up with a lower percentage. So they cannot stop the pass at all. As I mentioned, Oregon lost the entire offensive line and uh, so it'll take them a little bit of time to get going. And then uh, when we look at the last two weeks, one of my stock up teams was Cincinnati. And in the last two weeks, Cincinnati beat two top 40 teams, two good teams, SMU and Memphis. And they beat them by a combined score of 91 to 23. Tomorrow, Saturday, November 7th, they will take on Houston, a team that lost in the last two weeks, two upper tier good Quality teams, both very good high-flying offenses too. BYU and Central Florida, the combined losses was by 87 to 47. So they got whacked against two teams in the caliber of Cincinnati. Over now to the NFL for week number nine. And uh, we'll start off with Arizona. And one of the more shocking stats in this year for me has been that this Arizona defense is now allowing the fewest deep passes in the NFL and they've gone to a, a system where they're not going to get beat on the deep ball they're going to make an opposing quarterback go down the field uh, their defense is probably still just above average at best but that's good coaching in that situation surprisingly the Atlanta Falcons a team over the years that have just been phenomenal at home they're 0-4 straight up at home this year looking for their very first win this week at home 
For Jacksonville, the defense, their last four games, folks, they have allowed 300-plus passing yards and two touchdowns to every opposing quarterback, and uh, it's not going to get any better anytime soon. For the L.A. Chargers, their young quarterback, Justin Herbert, four straight games with three or more touchdowns. This kid's the real deal. Next up here, we have uh, the quarterback, Tom Brady. I think you've all heard of him before. Quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, folks, in his last six games, he's thrown 17 touchdown passes and just one interception. He will be going against the Saints defense that is allowing the most touchdown passes at the highest rate in the NFL. And since that first week debacle against uh, the Saints, Brady has really looked good. And now he will add Antonio Brown to his passing arsenal. Last is the Dallas Cowboy running back, Zeke Elliott. They paid him, I don't know, about $10 bazillion to be the lead running back, and he was supposed to be one of the top-tier, top two, three running backs, if not the top one in all of the NFL. Well, when he had uh, Dak Prescott in as the starting quarterback, only 47% of the time did an opposing defense put seven guys in the box to slow him down. They couldn't put it in, everybody in there because they had to stop uh, uh, Dak with his passing. Well, right now, with no Dak, opposing teams are right around 80% loading the box with seven to stop him, forcing the quarterbacks to make the pass. I would never be even thinking about betting Dallas anyway, but if you're in a fantasy league and uh, you think that Zach or Zeke Elliott's going to get the job done for you, he's most likely not going to get the job done. So be a little bit careful there. But one of the big things that I always like to do is and go over, I'm going to get to the Clemson-Notre Dame preview here in just a second, but I like to go over what's going on on both sides of the counter. And of course, we're sports bettors. I'm going against the casino. The casinos is going against me each and every week and all of us that make bets. Last week in the NFL, week number eight, a quick recap. Only four favorites came through for NFL teams. Nine underdogs got there. Six of those underdogs won straight up. Eight games went over and five went under. But the key is when those underdogs come a barking and they went straight up, you had games like Green Bay that not only did they not cover against Minnesota, but they didn't cover the teaser that lots of people bet. I do not condone really betting teasers. I think it's a sucker bet. The odds are bad. Many people do it, but uh, I don't do it. I do see a situation here where usually that will revert back. Two weeks ago, the casino had a black Sunday in the NFL. Last week was one of their best Sundays in a long, long time. So uh, it's always interesting to see how things pan out. I had another big day in the NFL. I went 6-2, and two, and our best bet on Seattle got there pretty easily. So I was very happy once again with the NFL results. But I, I want to teach people in these shows, in these podcasts, on how to bet on your own and possibly become a winning sports better again, on your own. And the first thing that I look at each and every week is deceiving final scores. And last week in the NFL, there were three really big final score misleads. Two of them are probably the biggest I've seen in years. And this first one, the Rams, they lost 28-17 to Miami. And if you just see the final score, you think that Tua... Tagliova in his first game as a pro had a big day, number five pick, 
possibly could have been the number one pick. He let him, and he just came in, and he dominated the Rams. Well, that didn't happen. The Rams had 471 total yards. Miami had 145. Tua was 12 for 22 for 93 yards and a 25.0 quarterback rating. In most cases, that's a D minus. Okay, the Rams had four turnovers, folks. One was for a fumble recovery for a touchdown, 78 yards. One was an 88-yard punt return touchdown. The Rams ran 90 total plays. Miami only ran 47 total plays. That's in play now this week. Miami's defense was on the field a lot last week. Again, they didn't really have a time before this season started to get in great shape. Now they're at the midway point of the season. Them legs are going to start getting a little bit of tiredness in there. And uh, they may have won last week, Miami, but uh, the real winner was the Rams on everything but the final score. Another game that was just like that, Baltimore, they lost 28-24 to to Pittsburgh. And a lot of people might look at that and just say, well, Pittsburgh was undefeated. Baltimore is good, but Pittsburgh's better. Well, Baltimore had 457 total yards. Pittsburgh had 221 total yards. It was a complete and utter domination by Baltimore. Four turnovers by Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, two interceptions, two lost fumbles. I worry about this guy. He gets a lot of hype, but uh, he's been in about four or five really big games in his life, and he's lost just about every one of them. But once again, Baltimore, 75 total plays. Pittsburgh just 48. So again, Pittsburgh's defense was on the field for two-thirds of that ball game. And the last one is Dallas. They lost to Philly 23-9. The score was much closer than that. Dallas ran 75 total plays with a backup quarterback to just 54 for Philly. Philly is a team I would definitely not be looking to bet at all. Not happy with this team at all, especially quarterback Wentz. Another two more interceptions. It's a turnover machine for the Eagles. The Eagles have a very good defensive line that keeps them in these games, but you can't just continue to make these mistakes and think you're going to keep winning in the NFL, and that's going to come back and catch them. But these are the five teams that I want you to look at that ran under 50 plays, almost impossible, in the NFL Week 8. Cleveland, they ran only 47 plays, luckily. They have a bye this week. Carolina ran only 49 plays. Miami ran only 47, as I just mentioned. Pittsburgh ran only 48, and the Vikings ran only 48. Stunningly, Miami, Pittsburgh, and the Vikings all won. That's great for last week, but that brings you down value for this week. So you want to take note of those three teams as they hit the field on Sunday. Take extra note of Carolina. I mentioned they only ran 49 plays. Last week. Well, two weeks ago, they only ran 42 plays. So Carolina, in the last two weeks, their offense ran 91 plays. Their defense has been on the field for 132 plays, and now they have to face Kansas City. So again, there may be, to some of you out there, a decent line value, but that doesn't always make it the case. Again, you have a situation where you want to bet on teams going in the right direction all positives, not a lot of negatives. And uh, Carolina would go into the heavy negatives due to their defenses just getting killed being on the field that much in back-to-back weeks. Then we have uh, a situation here where uh, you got uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey coming back for Carolina. So there is a little bit of positive there. But again, in the last two weeks against Atlanta, Atlanta had 36 and a half minute time of possession to 23 and a half. Against the Saints, 34.5 for the Saints, 25.5 for Carolina. 
boy, oh boy, does Carolina need a big shot in the arm, and uh, hopefully Christian McCaffrey can bring it to him. I still like Carolina, but again, the offense that I saw in the beginning of the year really just seemed, uh, other than a few big plays, just unable to run the ball and uh, unable to do what they did when McCaffrey was in there. We hope for Carolina's sake that uh, McCaffrey is a, a, a big upbeat for them this week. My tip is to always check for very possible tired legs by any team's defense. So you can use my magazine for that. Go back and see. Print the sheets every week. Make a file for yourself and, and check that. See the number of plays that a defense has to be on the field. And if, if they're in a huge mismatch and they're way behind of what the offense is running, you don't want to bet into tired legs because if you do that too often, Trust me, folks, you're going to end up with your bankroll being busted. Next, now we're going to go into the big game, Clemson at Notre Dame. Clemson's number one, Notre Dame number four in South Bend tomorrow night. The uh, Lions, Clemson minus six. The total here is 50, and uh, the weather should be okay. Uh, this is an interesting game because you have the number 10 offense of Clemson going against Notre Dame's number six ranked defense, and uh, you have Notre Dame's number 30th ranked offense going against Clemson's Number seven defense. So two of the top seven defenses facing off in this ball game. One of the things on my magazine that you can check, and it's very important to look at this stat, but Clemson, their defense has allowed eight touchdowns and 13 red zone trips. Notre Dame, just five touchdowns and 11 red zone trips. So if you see a defense that is really not allowing touchdowns and maybe only field goals or even turning the ball over whatever, the zero points, that's a huge extra plus. The biggest problem with this game right now, of course, we know that Trevor Lawrence is out for Clemson. That's a huge loss for Clemson. But these two teams have faced nobody this year. Clemson 7-0, Notre Dame 6-0. Notre Dame has faced no winning opponents. Their opponents' records combined 7-26. Clemson has faced three winning opponents, but all in all, they have not been really all that good, the opponents that they have played. And the last week, uh, Boston College opponent, Boston P College, almost surprised and shocked the heck out of everybody and uh, beat them straight up. And that would have really been a massive trouble for Clemson. But they dodged a bullet. They're going to have to go with the young quarterback once again. Uh, but this is a situation where uh, Clemson has 323 points scored. They've only allowed 109 in seven games. For Notre Dame, the point scoring is much lower, 209, but the defense is only allowed 62 points in six games, so you can't ask for a whole lot more than that. As far as Clemson, their uh, backup young quarterback, DJ Yuga Bilele, last week in his first start, he was very solid, three of or 30 of 41 for 342. Nice comeback in the second half, so he didn't get uh, razzled, but that game was in Clemson. This game's in Notre Dame. For the two defenses last week, I call this a dead push even. Clemson's defense was on the field last week, 59 plays. Notre Dame's defense was on the field, 59 plays. So no advantage to either side there. Notre Dame's strength going into this game tomorrow, folks. They're one of the nation's best pass defenses. They've allowed only two touchdown passes all year as far as their defense against the run. Not too shabby there either. So the defense for Notre Dame is fantastic. As for Clemson, their strength, their offensive line, it's a beast. It doesn't almost matter who the quarterback is. They're going to give him time to pass. 
He's a running quarterback now, so he's going to be able to have uh, some holes open for him. And they also have the best running back at, at the end in the nation. As for the defense, it was a huge strength for Clemson, but now they're down three stud starters against Notre Dame tomorrow. They're going to be without stud defensive tackle Tyler Davis, stud linebacker James Skalski, and stud linebacker Mike Jones all out along with Trevor Lawrence, who was out with COVID. These two last met up in 2018, two years ago in the college football semifinals, and it was Clemson winning that game 30-3, and you can assure the players still on Notre Dame have not forgotten that one. As for Notre Dame, they have now won 12 straight games the past two seasons. They've won 22 straight home games. Clemson, though, has an average win margin of 18.5 points for its top 10 teams the last two years. They're 4-0 there. Clemson's 9-2 straight up since 2016 versus the uh, uh, 11 top 10 teams they've played there. And for Clemson, very, very respectable 15 straight road wins. And I believe this game all comes down to one thing. The Notre Dame quarterback, not the Clemson quarterback, even though he could easily uh, be ruffled playing on the road, but it's not going to be a full crowd. So he has that to his advantage. It's going to come down to can Ian Book get the job done as the quarterback for Notre Dame? He has only thrown one interception in 150 pass attempts this year. He's got three losses as a starter. He's got 26 wins as a starter. But when we look at the losses, when he does play bad, he plays really bad. And in the three losses, Ian Book, 54 for 106, 508 total passing yards. He's thrown only two touchdowns and three interceptions against quality competition. He doesn't always rise to the level that he needs to get the big victory. Now he's going to be facing a Clemson defense that has forced 13 turnovers this year. But again, that little bit of extra question mark with the three studs not playing in this game tomorrow. Again, for Clemson, their young quarterback, if he can just stay poised like he did last week. Nothing seemed to rattle that kid. And uh, without a full stadium, if he can get the job done, I think that uh, it comes down to this. Notre Dame, 22 straight at home, five overranked teams. This isn't Notre Dame's most impressive offense, but I do think they catch Clemson in a good spot without Trevor Lawrence, obviously. But without those three other defensive studs, those kids are huge playmakers. That's a big advantage for Notre Dame. Again, Ugalele last week for Clemson, the young quarterback, he looked good. But that was at home again against a very average Boston College defense. He's not going to see that tomorrow at South Bend. And uh, this situation, I think this game's going to stay close all the way through. Key turnover here or there may be the one thing that decides it. But uh, I think that the winning team, this game's going to be decided, who knows, possibly by a field goal late in the game. And uh, that's going to be a fun one tomorrow night. Don't miss that ball game. And uh, that's about uh, 31 minutes now for this podcast. Uh, we're going to try to sneak in here a little bit more of some uh, great information for you. Let me first go to a head scratcher of the week line for NFL week number nine. And it's Chicago at Tennessee. Tennessee is a six and a half point favorite. And the reason I'm talking about this game is the Bears have had six of their eight games decided by seven points or less, which is basically this line. Five of their games have been by four points or less. It's almost all automatic. We see this with a lot of teams. It's like the uh, Chargers. It's almost automatic from last year to this year. Almost every game is going to get decided by a touchdown or less. The Titans, though, as good as they've been, they have five of their seven games 
being decided by six points or less this year. So somehow the odds makers made this line Tennessee basically a touchdown. I don't know why. I'm not a big Chicago fan. Uh, I wish I was. I'd be jumping on that. But these are situations sometimes where you can take advantage of, uh, of value. And if there's ever going to be value, I'm not a Nick Foles fan at all. But getting almost a touchdown, if you shop around and you can score a touchdown with Chicago, you're going to be getting pretty good value. I do want to say I'm hitting 65% this year on all my picks. Uh, we have had a phenomenal season so far. We're up over 26 units already on the season, which is just unbelievable for just uh, a shortened eight weeks so far. And uh, so far, if you were $100 better, you're up $2,600. Usually the average person I'm talking to is betting at least $300. I have some guys betting at 1000 or 10000 a game. So you could really be up pretty big. We're 5-1 and one with our two-unit plays. We did lose our first two-unit play last weekend on North Carolina. Uh, they did everything but get that win, and they weren't really ever coming close to a cover uh, due to just tremendous, uh, terrible uh, clock management and turnovers. We're 2-1 and one on one-and-a-half unit plays. We don't have a whole lot of best bets. We've made now, uh, I think, 78 plays this year. And so far, uh, nine of them have been a, in a best bet variety. A lot of handicappers hype up all their games just to get you to buy the pick. Uh, we just don't do that. We don't even play every Thursday game or Friday or Monday. We play the games that are I feel are the most important, the games I put my own big money down on. Uh, but overall, we're 50-26-2. We're 23-14-2 in college, 27-12 in the NFL. So we're very happy. You can check out my website at GaryWins.com or BlueBookSports.com. Go take advantage. The entire football betting magazine magazine is absolutely free. My top sports are football, college football, and NFL. And I'm also my favorite sport and my biggest winning sport of all is college basketball. It's going to start in a couple of weeks. And if anybody were to call me this week at 1-800-587-BLUE, again, 1-800-587-BLUE, I have a season special right now that if you buy the college basketball season, I will throw in the entire rest of the football season right to the Super Bowl, college and pro, absolutely free if you purchase college football. We also have each, we're going to have a best bet in college football on Saturday and one on Sunday in the NFL. You can purchase those for just 49 bucks, or you can buy uh, the entire weekend for 99 bucks. And uh, if you want to get everything, uh, other picks besides the two best bets and the rest of the picks, give me a call at 1-800-587-BLUE. Your new client, I will get you hooked up and uh, hopefully make you some big money here right off the bat this weekend. I really, really love the college football card. Might be a little light in the NFL so far from what I'm looking at, but uh, this is a situation here where the college should continue to have a great uh, uh, run here on Saturday. I want to go real quickly, NFL interesting scoring by quarter stats. And I know a lot of people out there now are big in the betting first half only, second half only, or even quarter by quarter. One of my pages, and I'm the only one who publishes this page in the country, it's called NFL scoring by quarters. And right now I'll give you some interesting stuff that you would find there, some great nuggets. The New England Patriots, folks have scored only seven first-quarter points all season. For two teams facing off against each other, and the reason they stink, but they've both been slow starters, Houston and Jacksonville. Houston has only 14 first-quarter points all year, 
Jacksonville only 17 first quarter points all year. So if you're one of those guys that maybe likes to bet quarter by quarter, this page is pure gold, especially this point in the year, midway through the year. So if you're just checking it out for the first time, it's not gold in the first two weeks. But midway through now, these teams, this is about how they're going to play out for most of the year. You can see a team that's tiring out in the second half. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth, especially on defense. And you can see how they're giving up boatloads of points in the third and fourth quarters. Then you have another team like the Rams. Their defense in the second half, total lockdown, folks. They've only allowed 33 total points in the second half the entire season. Again, you can make halftime bets, and that is something that you want to look at. If you've been looking at that all year, you have been making money with the Rams defense on a just sole second-half bet. A couple of fast starters. This one's a surprise, the Miami Dolphins. 45 points scored to only allowing 17 points in the first quarter. They have been in each and every game. They've been well-prepared and ready to go, as has Baltimore 47 points for only 12 points allowed in the first quarter this year. And again, you can check all that stuff. Part of my entire football betting magazine that you will get absolutely free. All you have to do is show up at the website at GaryWins.com and take advantage of it. And uh, I think you will be very happy that you did. And uh, it's all to try to help to make you a successful sports better. And uh, hopefully we have given you some updates here on some Great football betting information. Again, this is a show all about a betting perspective. You can listen to anybody's sports radio show and hear the same crap all dang day long uh, about what's going on with this guy or this contract, whatever. None of that's going to make you any money, folks. So they got thousands of those guys. There's very few guys like me that will get you completely prepared. And if you come to my website, I'll probably start to add some more podcasts on a regular basis, even at maybe a three- to five-minute one, just to preview a certain game or two, uh, especially Thursday, Friday, and Monday night's game, because I know they are the bailout games Monday night and Sunday night for a lot of people out there. So please always make sure, folks, never, ever, ever bet what you cannot afford to lose. Try to keep all your bets in the same increments. Do not bet the parlays. Do not bet the teasers. And if you get down a little bit, grind your way back. You can't just bet 100 a game, be down 500, and try to bet 500 on game six. You're going to lose everything. And the key is to hang in there as long as you can. And again, if you want to handicap on your own, use my magazine. Use my articles that I post on the website. But if you do need help and you don't want to invest any time, again, I've been doing this for 32 years. I'm one of the winningest sports bettors of all time. And if you give me a call at 1-800-587-BLUE, I will steer you in the right direction. I'll teach you how to become a winning handicapper, and I'll teach you how to keep in a certain bankroll and that you don't go out of it. And again, each and every week, we will not always win. But for the most part, when we do have a losing week, it's kind of small. might be a six and seven type week. Nothing major. We pick it up the next week. And right now, if you were on board since day one, you'd be up 26 units. Uh, almost impossible that you'd ever lose that back if you bet properly the rest of the way. So uh, we want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. Again, I am Gary Green, longtime sports handicapper and professional sports better here in Las Vegas for 32 years. We'll be back each and every week here to do a podcast, and uh, each and every week we'll try to highlight the marquee game of the week, and I'll give you an in-depth preview on that and just try to give you as much helpful betting information as I can. 
I hope that everybody has a great weekend. I hope it's a winning weekend. All your wages hopefully are winning ones. Please, folks, stay safe out there. This COVID is not good. Wear your mask and take precautions and uh, live to see another day. And uh, we appreciate everybody for listening and your time. Have a great weekend. God bless. And we'll catch you next time. Have a great weekend, folks. I'm out.